It's Freedom Day in New South Wales, or when you're listening to this, it will have been yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait, because well, at the moment it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow <laughs> here in our little studio. You might be able to hear a storm brewing outside. Um, I don't know if our filters will cut that out. If you hear gusting winds, that's what's happening. Um, there's probably going to be a storm brewing in New South Wales as well if this loosening of restrictions creates an increase in mm. COVID infections. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about big news and flat chat. We're going to be talking about a couple of issues in strata schemes, one of which has come up on the, the flat chat forum. And you've got some news about a an investigation into a, an engineer. Yes, that's right. Yeah, an engineering firm. Yeah. Right. We better get on with it. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams. And I write about property for domain. And this is the flat chat wrap. The residents of New South Wales, or most of New South Wales, have been freed. That's from, right. Yeah, so we can walk about outside with without masks on. We can go to cafes and gyms and all sorts of things. Is it going to make a big difference? Oh, let's hope not. I mean, I think the news was this morning that first dose of the vaccination has hit 90% of people in New South Wales. Yeah. So that's a lot. So hopefully any kind of rise at all in the infection rate will be dampened down by the number of vaccinations we've had, yep. hopefully. Yeah. And uh, I, I imagine the rest of the country is looking on quite keenly to see what happens here because um, they obviously want a good news story for when they're coming out of mm. restrictions as well mm. or if you're in Queensland or WA if you've never barely entered them. <laughs> well, I have, uh, funnily enough, for the first time I've actively gone looking for COVID-19 infection statistics oh, rather yeah. than just waiting to see what we get fed by the government. <laughs> what did you find? Well, in the UK, I'm comparing with the UK, which has roughly three times the population of Australia. They have, at the moment, they have 85.4% have had one dose and 78.5% have had a second dose. Oh, so, so they're, they're not that much different, yeah. Guess how many infections a day they have. I'll tell you how many Australia has. We have, at the moment, 2,400. A day nationally? Yeah. So then they should have about 7,000 a day, shouldn't they? Seven yeah. to 8,000 a day. Yeah, 35,000. <gasps> wow, that's a huge difference, it's, it's isn't a, it? It's a lot. Now, they have... 6,853 people in hospital at the moment with COVID. Yeah. In Australia, we have 1,448. So it's that actually works out proportionately about right. They've got 800-plus on ventilators of the people in hospital. We've got just under 300. Again, proportionately, mm. that kind of works. So you've got to look at that 35,000 and think, are we going to be looking at proportionately for the whole country, 12,000 people getting infected on a daily basis? It's kind of worrying. Absolutely. I mean, I think they were a bit cavalier in the UK 
Mm. And I was watching a football the beat match. Cavalier. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a football match this morning on TV, and you know, I think there was about sixty thousand people in the, the football ground. How many wear masks? None. Mm. Singing, shouting, cheering. Yeah. Um, I think they had to register to get tickets, and they had to prove their vaccination status. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like that this balance between opening up the economy and protecting people from the virus, it's a bit of hit and miss, isn't it? Yeah. I guess Australia is in a bit of a different situation because we've got two major states, mm. well, actually three major states, well, four major, four, <laughs> sorry. There's <laughs> seven. We've got WA, we've got Queensland, we've got the Northern Territory, we've got Tasmania, mm. and they have barely any cases whatsoever. Mm. And then we've just got New South Wales, the ACT, and Victoria, yeah. where where we've got you know quite a lot, quite a lot of cases, especially in Victoria, which is getting out of hand. That's right. But Victoria is closed down. Yeah. New South Wales, the restrictions are being lifted, but. Not completely, no. like they have been in the UK. So one would assume that the numbers of cases would rise much more slowly here than in the UK. You would hope so. But for in terms of people living in apartment blocks, you still have to wear a mask on common property. Yeah. Obviously not in your home. Some buildings are reopening their gyms and loosening the controls that they had on the number of people in the gyms. And, of course, commercial gyms are are reopening. And it's been quite interesting that there's been articles telling people what to do when they go back to exercising. Mm, Because I imagine there'd be a lot of injuries. (laughs) Well, yeah. The advice is train as if you were starting afresh, not as if you've just picked up from where you left off. Mm. So, you know, if you were doing certain weights and certain number of repetitions when you've last trained several months ago, don't think you can do that without getting injured. Mm. You've got to build up. Yeah. There are people who've, you know, kept up their exercise routine religiously throughout mm. COVID. Um, I'm probably not one of them really, <laughs> but I've exercised a bit. But the other difficulty is that if you go back to gyms, you still have to wear a mask inside. So if you're doing a, a really vigorous cardio class, you mm. still have to wear a mask, and that's going to be a bit tricky for some people. Yeah. And I wonder if that's going to keep some people away from the gym for a little bit longer. They might prefer working working out outside where they don't have to wear a, a mask. So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I plan to go back to the gym tomorrow. The classes can only take 20 people, whereas in the past they've had up to 60 people in mm. them. So – who knows? I don't know if I'll get a place in the class. I don't know if it will be empty, or I don't know if it will be packed. Right. You, you well, know, it's that's really a, that's hard a, to judge, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you're saying tomorrow. It's that's actually, Monday. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so you'll know by now. But mm. people we know who run cafes and restaurants are saying they, they don't know if people are going to be scared off from coming back or if everybody's going to be so desperate to just to sit and have a cup of coffee and read a newspaper you know, somewhere cafe, other than yeah. their lounge room. Yeah. Um, it's hard because we've, f- yeah. we've had FOMO for so long, but now it's becoming FOGO, you know, fear of going out. And it's, I think people are a little bit worried, a little bit anxious. Mm. They're kind of keen to get out and about, but they're just a little bit nervous about the whole prospect, really. Well, I think what's happened in Victoria, you know, where the figures are still rising and everybody is sheeting it back to the anti-lockdown 
demonstrations and the celebrations around the AFL Grand Finals that long weekend and people illicitly getting together mm. and kind of proving why they shouldn't have been getting together yeah. because they've accelerated the spread of of the virus. And I guess now that they know that lockdown kind of works, mm. they might all start behaving themselves a bit better. But it's tough, you know, the, the whole state gets locked down because some people either don't get it yeah. or they don't, and by don't get it, I mean they don't understand that they have mm. a responsibility or they don't care. Mm. You know, they, they put their personal freedom above the collective well-being of the community. Yeah. We've got a cat on our desk at the moment, so if things start going bump, you know why. <laughs> she seems mm. very curious about what we're doing up here. Oh, she's gone off now. She doesn't like the wind, the storms, mm. and it started raining. Ooh, looks horrible. Right, when we come back, we're going to be talking about exciting news on the flat chat front. It's after this. What's happening with flat chat then, Jimmy? Right. Well, I mean, apart from the fact that more people have been going onto the flat chat website anyway during oh, the good. pandemic, I had it took a dip at the beginning because a lot of people used to go online when they were on their way to work and mm. when they stopped going to work. Sure. You know, that little routine changed, but then people came back and the past few weeks we've been getting roughly 10,000 um, page views per week. Fantastic. So that's good. But big breakthrough. Um, when we started the Flat Chat website, which I think is at least probably about 15 years ago, I tried to get the domain name flatchat.com.au. It had been taken by somebody who was using it for, I don't know what they, they wanted to do with it, but it was full of ads for um, takeaway alcohol delivery services and things like that. <laughs> I think the idea was it was a website that you went to if you were flat chat, you're too, too busy, busy to do, to do, it, to do anything. Yep. Right. Somebody had it. It would have cost a lot of money to, to get it from them. So we made our website flat hyphen chat mm. and have spent the past 15 years going on radio and television and getting them to say flat hyphen chat because i think you made an offer to try and buy it earlier didn't you i seem to remember but the man said no he didn't want to sell it well he didn't want to sell it for anything less than a lot a lot a lot of money mm. and had plans to increase improve it or whatever because so i think in those days people thought that that was a really good way of earning money. A friend of ours bought the, the website called microhard.com.au <laughs> as opposed to Microsoft. Yeah. And he felt that that was a sure way of earning a huge amount of money when he tried to sell it. But yeah. I don't think he ever did. Well, it's a bit like me uh, deciding that websites were all about procrastination. So I bought the domain name doittoday.com. And what did you do with it? Nothing. I didn't get around to <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to renew it. And so somebody else has got it now. <laughs> How fitting. Yeah, absolutely. So last week, just as I do very occasionally, I did a check to see who had flat chat without a hyphen dot com dot au. And it came up as for sale. Fantastic. At quite a high price, but I managed to negotiate 
um, to not quite as high a price. And we now own flatchat without the hyphen dot com dot eu. Fantastic. So you're going to merge the two? Yeah. yeah. What, what we'll do initially is anybody who looks for flatchat dot com dot eu and clicks on that will go to the existing website. Mm. But eventually, and quite soon, we'll transfer everything on the website onto that address. Because I'm sure a lot of people go, well, I know a lot of people go looking for flat chat. Sure. And it just puts a delay in the process and other things yeah, come up. damn hyphen. Well, yeah. I'm sure people have gone looking for flatchat.com.au and come up with a website saying it's for sale. Mm. So I think we're lucky that nobody jumped in there and bought it before <laughs> before we did. So that's kind of exciting. And yeah. The other thing I've been doing is, um, with the help of uh, an SEO expert, I've been changing how you get into the website. It still looks exactly the same. But the menu at the top of the page, you click on the forum, and instead of just going to the basic forum page, a drop-down menu comes out with all the different areas. So you, you know, if you want to find out about parking, mm. you click on the drop-down menu and click on parking, and it takes you to all the, the questions and idea. answers about parking. That's great, because you've got so much stuff on that website, haven't you? Oh, it's ridiculous. I so mean, it's, it's great to be able to have some kind of order there if you're just interested in one subject. Yes, mm. yes, and most people are. Mm. Most people don't come to the website looking for information generally about living in apartments. They come because they've got a problem with parking or neighbours or notices to yeah, comply. But I, look at, I look at the website quite often because I want to see what, what new stuff you have on there, and it's always really interesting. It's always quite entertaining. Mm. And uh, so... Yeah, I'm sure some people come and just browse and see what's new. There's another website, uh, information website, which is really good on the basic strata law stuff called strataman.com.au. And he recommends people come to Flatchat, but has a warning, says this is addictive. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful. (laughs) This this website is addictive. Yeah, it's good. So, yeah, so um, as of now, you can go on flatchat.com.au you don't have to bother with the hyphen and we'll check back in a month and see what difference it's made if any mm. but at least it's it's up and running which is more than doittoday.com <laughs> when we come back we're going to look at somebody who's in a bit of trouble over a new development at several new developments that's after this Sue, you found a story in the Daily Telegraph. Sunday Telly, yeah. Sunday Telly, yeah. Mm. Um, yes, it's just about an engineering company that, is, that have attracted the ire of David Chandler, the building commissioner, who's now looking into um, ACE engineering. And it's interesting because they've been involved in a couple of projects where which have been the subject of some controversy. Do you remember the right. Skyview building in um, Castle Hill oh, yeah. that was targeted by the, the building commissioner? And there's also another one in Meadow Bank, and I think there's another one in Western Sydney somewhere. Yeah. Um, but also they're involved in Alan's Peak Towers. And as you know, next door is Mascot Towers, ah. um, which is kind of crumbling. And they're suing the developer, Alan. They being the Mascot Towers Owners Corporation. That's right. They're suing the developers of Peak Towers. 
right. um, which was engineered by the same company right. um, for for their defects. They're blaming them for their defects. But the other day, the guy in charge of the engineering company, Anthony Hashem, um, was given an order of Australia. Right. And so the owner's corporation chair of Mascot Towers is really annoyed because he said, well, you know, we're fighting these people. He's associated with that building. And we're involved in legal action, and now the government's given him an order of Australia. Well, presumably they've given him an order of Australia for all the good work that he's done. Yeah, that's right, for his contribution to, to engineering and apartment buildings and probably any, lots of other projects as well. But you can understand. And oh, I can understand their really frustration. Frustrated and yeah, but, you know, it's, it's that thing of innocent till proven guilty kind of, of thing. Of course, yeah. Sure, the, his company's involved in some major a court case, at least one court case, and, and some investigations. But that doesn't mean that he – well, I don't think no, it should no, no. mean that he should be cancelled, as the current Absolutely. phrase goes. I guess it would have been politic, really, to have hung on a bit. It's, it's awkward. But, you know, the, as we've discovered with the response to the pandemic, the government doesn't really – like the left hand often doesn't know what no, the right hand's doing. that's right. Uh, yeah. And, but it's interesting on the – my Facebook page or our Facebook page the other day, um, we had we ran the story about David Chandler and all the stuff that he's doing, and somebody just put the comment "too little, too late." Mm. And I responded to that. I said, "Well, for that's certainly true for the people who are in older buildings that have lots of defects that have never been addressed. But for the future, yeah. it's got to be a step forward having somebody out there." looking at developments and saying, this isn't good enough, fix it, or you don't get an occupancy certificate. Absolutely. But for those people trapped in, you know, deficit-riddled buildings, it's kind of hard, I'm sure, looking on at all the great work that's being done now and thinking, why wasn't this done 20 years ago? You know, all these problems could have been averted. So you're given a magic wand to fix all those buildings that have got defects and they're past their warranty dates what could the government be doing for them? The government could give retrospective powers to David Chandler um, to order those buildings be patched up. And But a lot but of then, these cases, then, the companies who built them have long gone. Mm, I mean, yeah. let's assume that the reason a lot of them are in that predicament is because the developers have disappeared. They no longer exist as companies. I mean... But is then it that's just like David Chandler said, ASIC should actually put its man pants on. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, it's yeah. such a bizarre expression. And uh, should be should stop these companies phoenixing into other companies, you know, because it's been so obvious for such a long time. Whenever a company assumes the name of the development that it's currently working on, you kind of think that's always, you know, a, a red mark to say, watch this company, watch this space, because if so, anything so goes So if they wrong, call themselves, you know, Three Bella Houston Terrace that's Development right. Company, because yeah. that's where they're doing the development, you know that that... It always feels like a warning sign that something might be going wrong, and they're, they're, they're hedging their bets. So what know. about if the government said to ASIC, we give you the power to find the people who were responsible, who presumably still exist the directors the directors mm. and give them the option fix your problems that you left historically 
or we will come after you for everything that you've done wrong in the past 10 or 15 years. That would be that interesting. That would work. Yeah. But do they still have money? They probably do. They're probably very rich. They might mm. have to sell one of their mansions. In Monaco. Yeah, but... <laughs> Maybe they'll be in the Pandora Papers as well. I'm sure a couple of them will, but surely that's an option to be able to say to people, we're coming after you mm. if you don't do the right thing by these people. But ASICs would have to go out and buy a whole set, a whole wardrobe of man pants to, <laughs> <laughs> to do that. But let's hope um, Dominic Perrottet is still as keen on this kind of action as Gladys was. Yeah. Well, we've got, as we said last week, we've got two former fair trading ministers are now in the second and third uh, positions in the New South Wales government. Mm. But have they just mentally and emotionally moved on from strata? I suspect in the case of at least one of them, they were just glad to see the back of the whole strata <laughs> thing as soon as they moved into, I'm not going to say which one, but as soon as they moved into their new ministry, it was like, oh, thank God, I don't have to deal with those crazy people in apartments anymore. <laughs> Okay, when we come back, we are going to look at a couple of issues, trivial issues maybe, to some people, but not to the people who are involved in them. They've come up uh, on, a, on a personal level and on the forum. That's after this. It's going to be summer soon. Yes, and uh, despite the weather that's happening <laughs> outside our windows as we speak. And a lot of apartment buildings are having problems with sun streaming through their windows, really, you know, heating them up. Yeah. Um, some buildings don't have air conditioning. Yeah. Um, some buildings don't have cross-ventilation. Yeah. And there have been some kind of interesting measures that people have been taken to try and limit the sunlight into their apartments, haven't they? Well, it's people we know. They've mm. got an apartment in a block in Melbourne. They've, it's a very modern building it's got very attractive it's almost like a turret kind of or, uh, arrangement on one corner which is where the main bedroom is so it's a kind of circular glass tower mm. and that's where the main bedroom is and they're finding their tenants can't sleep in the main bedroom because the air conditioning is only in the lounge room and the bedroom just gets so hot with the sun because it's just glass. It's just glass. Through. Yeah. It's like yeah. a, it's like, it's like a greenhouse. So they very cleverly put tinting on their windows, um, which cuts down the amount of heat coming in by a huge amount. And they've been told to take it off by their owners corporation. Why? Because it makes that their apartment look different from the but other doesn't, apartments. Doesn't, isn't it kind of almost invisible tinting? Oh, I've seen photographs, mm. and especially when they have their blinds down, you really has big oh, blotches. Okay, so it does look different. Mm. But the irony is that other people in above and below them have said to them, "Hey, let us know how you go with that that tinting and the owners' corporation, because we'd like to do it too." So mm. the owners' corporation are saying, "You've got to take the tinting off, or we're going to take you to the tribunal." Yeah. And the reasoning is because you look different from all the other apartments. And that's interesting because if that was happening in New South Wales, I don't think it would be such an argument, would it? Because you can take sustainability, you can take measures to improve the sustainability of Absolutely. your apartment, yeah. cut down the heat coming in because then you won't use as much air conditioning in theory. 
And those sustainable measures, yeah. you don't need permission. Or they can't, the owners corporation can't unreasonably refuse permission Correct. for you to yeah. take those. Yeah. So maybe if that was happening in New South Wales, and maybe it will happen more often in New South Wales with climate change as it gets hotter and hotter. Mm. I mean, tinting on windows sounds like a really good idea. These folk, they've gone back to the owners corporation and said, well, rather than forcing us to take this quite expensive tinting off the windows, how about you give everybody else permission to put the tinting on their windows and then we won't look any different mm. from the other people in the tower area. Yeah. But, of course, they're dealing with, let's say, people who are not interested in anybody doing anything untoward at all and will prevent anybody from changing anything in their building. You know the type. Mm. That's a shame. How much does the tinting cost? Do you have any idea? No idea. No idea. But I think it's not just that they wasted money in taking the tenting off. It's the fact that their tenant will no longer be able to sleep in the bedroom because it will go back to being ridiculously hot. Right. So let's just say they're fighting this on every front mm. and kind of challenging the owners corporation to take them to the tribunal where they will fight it on the basis because Victoria has the same fundamental bylaws as everywhere else, which is it can't be oppressive, unfair, or um, discriminatory. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see how that one plays yeah. out. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. And the other one is in a similar vein, has come into the forum this week. Somebody has fallen out with their owner's corporation big time, and the owner's corporation has started slapping them with notices to comply. Like, you've breached this bylaw, you've breached that bylaw, you've breached that bylaw, which may or may not be the case. But at the same time, they've sent them a bill for having a breach notice issued against them. Really? Can they do that? No. <laughs> well, they can do it, but they can't. You don't have to pay it. You don't have to pay it. But it's it's a form of bullying, really. But what they're saying is, okay... Our strata manager charges us you know, $50 for is issuing a, a notice to comply. So we've issued you with a notice to comply. So we are passing that fee on to you. And you can't do that. Mm. Um, I mean, the only way you could really do that would be to go to the tribunal and ask the tribunal to award costs, mm. Yeah, which it's not going to do anyway. Mm. But you certainly can't say, here we are, we have decided, because it's basically the owner's corporation has decided that they want to issue a notice to comply. Again, it's that innocent till proved guilty thing. They've decided to issue the notice to comply, so they have incurred the charge. They can't mm. just pass it on no. and say, mm. we're, it's like we're fining you for annoying us. Mm. No, nah, it doesn't work. So if yeah. anybody from that owner's corporation is listening or reads the Flat Chat forum, Stop it. Withdraw. <laughs> Apologize. Do it now. And on that note, it's now flatchat with no hyphen dot com dot au. Uh, look forward to lots of people coming and checking us out over the next week or two. Thank you very much, Sue, today. Great coming in while the storm is raging outside. And thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flatchat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.